0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa
1: alaikum salam
0: as alaikum, everyone. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah amma ba um, We are going um, to, inshallah, have our first tafsir today, where we're both in the same building at the same time. Incredible. I mean, this is, this is completely unprecedented, it seems. And I think we're live on Facebook as well, um, I hope. We're, I think we're going to kind of wing this one today. So the first thing I, I want to talk about, Mossin, is a story. And it's a story that really links quite tightly onto the subject of uh, our discussion today. Mm. Um, so our discussion today is all about why I and you and all of us struggle to see miracles. Mm. Why, can't it, why isn't it that we can't see miracles? But let's have a look at a miracle. So um, a really powerful miracle for me personally was the miracle of Musa alayhi salam. Mm-hmm. So you can just imagine uh, Musa salam had a bunch of miracles, but this one was for me the most powerful. And it was where he was getting chased by Firaun and his army. You can imagine like chariots and like the, the sand and the you know the dust coming up, and these people, Bani Isra, these these are slaves. So they've kind of escaped with, you know, they've probably nicked a few, whatever they've got, they've got the hands on mm. of their master's stuff, and they've essentially legged it. And they're running towards, you know, as far away as they can from Fir'aun. And Fir'aun is coming after them with his entire army when he finds out. And then the, the imagine the situation where they hit the Red Sea and they can't pass that sea. And at this point, Musa, al-Salam's people, they're completely... Um, you know, they are so scared. They uh إِنَّا when they saw this Jama'an, this huge confederacy, this huge army, they said, We've been caught, you know, we've been found, we've been found. Um and then Musa a.s. salam at this point he says, And he said, Nay, uh, my Lord is with me and he will guide me. And the people were like, Musa, what are you playing at? You, you've literally led us to a sea. There's a sea in front of us, and then there's Pharaoh's marauding, murderous army, who's got a track record of murdering babies in the background. Like <laughs> this is a this is literally a rock in a hard place. And then Musa Islam whips his staff out, and he, you know, he taps the sea, mm. and you can imagine the, you know, the complete skepticism that his people would have had mm. like, what is this man doing with a stick and like splashing the sea? <laughs> yeah. And then if you saw before your eyes, if you saw before your, your eyes at that point, the sea opening up, like literally two walls forming and a path forming in the middle of that sea, like you would have believed. Mm. Right. And and you go through this and you can see Firaun and his army coming and and then you see the sea closing in on top of them, and then Fir'aun and his army disappear and that's it, and you're saved. I mean, what a miracle, and and we would believe in that, right? And, and so my question for all of us is, the Qur'an is a bigger miracle than that, mm. the Qur'an is the biggest miracle it is the miracle that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la gave Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is the miracle. And yet we don't appreciate it. If, if we really appreciated the Qur'an, I think it should have I think the same impact mm-hmm. um, as, uh, you know, us standing in front of that Red Sea yeah. and, and seeing it part. So um, I suppose this is now coming back to the discussion for today itself. I mean, why are we discussing this today? So the ayahs that we are, that I wanted to talk about today are uh, in Surah Baqarah um, and the ayahs are right at the start of, um, uh, I believe, the second half of the second juz. And it starts, بَعَدْ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ سَلْبَنِي إِنْ آيَةٌ بَيِّنَةٌ وَمَن يُبَدِّلِ نعمة اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Walladina Ask the children of Israel how many signs of how many a sign of evidence we have given them, and whoever exchanges the fear of Allah for disbelief after it's come to him, then indeed Allah is severe in penalty. And then Allah SWT goes on and says, beautified, beautified for those who disbelieve in the life of this world and they ridicule uh, those who believe. But those who fear Allah are above them on the day of resurrection. And Allah gives provision to whom he wills without without account. So what's going on here? First things first, Allah subhanahu is saying, Bani Sarail were given a whole bunch of, um, whole bunch of signs and they didn't see it. And they, they just didn't see it, they, they rejected it And they were actually given a whole bunch of benefits And fawa'id and ni'am of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And after all of that They still went for disbelief after all of that And I think that, that's maybe to park that At some point we should discuss like mm-hmm. How I think that's really relevant for us In our day and age Yeah. Um, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, Whoever does this And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is severe in recompense and then after that, the second bit of this, uh, the second verse that we're going to look at, that this life has become somehow beautiful for, for the people who are uh you know non believers. Mm-hmm. And th- th- the reason why it's become beautiful is because uh, there's a huge focus on this life, because this is it for them. Yeah, okay. But for us, there's there's a much bigger um perspective here. Uh, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he goes on and he says, Wallahu hisab, and Allah gives provision to whom he wills. Without account, so um, so I, I suppose the the crucial thing here is that um, you know we we have been given the Quran and it's a miracle, mm. right? And and we know it's a miracle because Allah says it's a miracle. He says how many times if you can then bring fatuhi uh, bring bring a book like this. Uh, and then um, Allah SWT challenges people again and again In different places along those similar lines And, and that's because uh, this is a miracle And no one can match this And uh, it's a miracle because the Quraysh They recognized how powerful it was They didn't want their women and children To listen to this, to these ayat. Mm. The Quraysh, they warned people when they came for Hajj uh, That don't listen to this man Stuff your fingers in your ears Because he's a sorcerer He'll put magic in you and whoever did listen to him they realized this is not sorcery this is just an amazing book mm. um, it's an amazing book because of the, you know the language of the book uh allah ta'ala he says um, and there was there was a whole bunch of arabic experts arabic grammar experts and there's a verse in surah qaf which talks about um, jahannam and it wants you want to show how big jahannam is mm. and uh, and they and they were all given a kind of task i mean how would you do that and they said you know, we do this we do this we do this and then Allah subhanahu wa taala, he the way he does it, um, Allah subhanahu wa taala, he asks. He says, "Yomana kulu li We will on that day we will ask. Uh, we will say to Jahannam, "Are you full?" Hmm. And it will say back to us, "Whatakul uh, mazid?" And it will say, "Is there more?" I mean, that is such a profound way of saying. Hmm jahannam is it's vast massive, yeah. it's just vast yeah um so I, I suppose the first kind of discussion that i think would be interesting to have is how do we do how do we how do we give ourselves access to that miracle
1: mm. um so i'm thinking about miracles is um like you say we we've got all these signs in front of us really we don't actually need anything else as you say there's the Quran is the biggest thing that we've got, but it's not just that. It's your, it's your day-to-day stuff as well. It's the things that we, we actually recognise, but we don't act on as being miraculous. Yeah, and as banal as it seems, you know, we've always had situations where we feel like we're absolutely, you know, stuffed. We're we're cornered. There's no yeah. way out here. Um, yeah, I remember feeling that many a time at university where i'd be walking to a tutorial or an exam and i'd be like there's just all i've got is allah now yeah and um, <laughs> i mean know. that was partly because you didn't revise. <laughs> it's partly that it was partly that but check. in that moment where you've only got allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um because that's where you've left yourself but then somehow you you find yourself coming out of that situation and how many if each and every one of us asked ourselves how many situations have we been in where you come out of it at the end and you're like wow and I never thought that I was going to get through that we've all had situations like that whether that's through university or whether that's through uh, jobs or just general day-to-day life these are all in many ways sort of mini miracles in our own lives and that's something frankly to to behold Um, And it's about appreciating that and understanding that and recognising that. And how do you you then open yourself up to being cognizant of those things is, I suppose, the big question, because we all get to a point in our lives where we're so kind of attuned to the day-to-day grind that we zone out a lot of the time of that sort of thing. So... You know, it's an interesting point of discussion because we we do forget where we are. Yeah. We we basically lose we lose sight of the fact that these are signs and miracles of Allah just because we're doing absolutely banal things day to day.
2: Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. And it's it's almost like there's you know there's a miracle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's he sent us here and he sent us a whole bunch of uh, signs, right, he's, he's given us a whole bunch of clues to this puzzle and and it's right there for us to get to it we just need to have that um, right um, approach yeah. we need to have some kind of mechanism by which to pass that miracle into our brain yeah,
1: it's the frame of mind
0: isn't it and I think that frame of mind is, is taqwa mm. and it's iman and it's having that ability to accept uh, uh, to accept the reality of what Allah is saying. Allah subhanahu says that uh, yeah. uh, I mean Allah subhanahu he says that the the hearts are the things that are truly blind. It's not the eyes, yeah, it's it's the hearts. So you know it, that's the thing. Because the Quraysh, right? The Quraysh they had these same miracles that Mm. were in front of them and they had it live and they knew the Arabic language. And yet there's still, some of them didn't believe. Mm. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same conundrum in a way that faced, um, people at that time and at this time.
1: And in a way there's, there's even more of a responsibility on us because we, we do believe. And the minute you believe, but then start not appreciating those miracles, yeah. that in many ways is a worse situation to be in as compared to uh, just never believing in the first place because if you believe and then due to a you know a low ebb in your iman you yeah. become ungrateful to Allah and all that stuff then that's frankly a terrible position to be in yeah the question is though what is it that what is it that blocks us from seeing and appreciating these miracles of Allah what is it that um, what is it about our lives? In yeah. this you know modern day that means we can't appreciate these miracles of Allah for what they are. Yeah, and you know, you, you there is an argument here about what we see as as entertainment. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do a daily commute every day, for example, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I'll have my head sort of very much buried in my phone, hmm. whether that's you know looking at social media or listening to a podcast or a youtube video or whatever um but how much time do we actually take in our lives to just uh sit and reflect and look beyond our phones frankly
2: Mm. and i don't want to
1: because i know there's you know there's all sorts of doom and gloom about phones and they do do a lot of good stuff actually yeah um so i don't want to sort of go down that road but it's more about kind of understanding that we need to have a broader vision
0: yeah and I was actually listening to a really good khutbah yesterday and he was making quite a similar point. He was still making in the context of Ramadan mm. and how the statistics show that we are spending about seven and a half hours a day wow. consuming content and all sorts of mediums. Wow. And that's like 16 hours of the day is when, how long we're you know, awake for and of that about half we're spending just consuming content
1: and it's all it's mostly passive as well that's the thing isn't it so when we listen to okay if you're listening to a podcast that's maybe a slightly more intellectual exercise yeah um but most of the content that people are consuming is just complete passive entertainment light entertainment and i I think as well about not just your commute um but your evening what does that look like you know you come home from a hard day at work um, you know you catch up with your partner maybe um, spend some time with the kids and put them to sleep and then what do we do to relax well you know a lot of people will stick on netflix or some something that they're watching or whatever it is I and mean, everything is geared in our lives around light entertainment yeah and it's almost to an extent it's it's, it's mind numbing yeah and it's not a surprise Frankly, that we can't then appreciate the miracles that Allah gives us, or that we can't open our eyes to see how how grateful we ought to be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, I suppose, why is that, do you think? Why, what is it about social media, media, and like passive content Mm. consumption that is so at odds with Iman and taqwa and so I think that
1: a passive approach generally is at, is at odds with this if you think about the tradition of our deen it's, yeah. it's, it's a very active deen mm. so you think about everything that Allah encourages which is uh, uh, you know Oof. the congregation for example, there's an active element mm. and I'm completely guilty of this mm. um, there's an active element of getting up recognising the salah time going to the masjid, joining a congregation, going there, talking to people afterwards, that is a very active role that you should be playing. That's just one small element. And that, certainly for me, that's one change that I need to make in my life. Right. It's just going to the masjid for salah. Yeah. Such a, it sounds like such a small banal thing, but actually, yeah. when I think about times where I've had that iman hit, it's always been centred around regularly going to the masjid mm. and there has to be a reason for that and, it, and i think it is that the minute that you're actively involved in something mm. you you just become much more focused and in tune with it and yeah. it's that like, is i mean you think about um you know like any activity that needs work going to the gym you're not going to be a passionate bodybuilder without going to the gym. How, there's no way that you can be You're
0: not gonna do on Instagram. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you watch I don't know who I don't know what their bodybuilder influences are. Yeah. Um, as you can probably tell from my physique. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that you're not gonna you're not gonna get passionate about it yeah. from looking at YouTube. And at the same time, as much as we've got all our, you know, brilliant Shuyuch and stuff doing great videos online and whatever, that's yeah. all that's all great. Don't get me wrong. But our deen is an active deen, and that means things like going to the masjid for Salah, even hope, our, hope the Quran. Well, exactly. That's a very active process. Yeah. Um, Understanding it, doing stuff like this, tafsir. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And, and frankly, our, our religion is very rich, um, full of uh, people in tradition mm. of just studying. Yeah. So it is an active deen, and I feel that. We, sh- we should be very aware of that and we need to make an effort to 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 do active things rather than just being
0: passive yeah no i, I accept that i think i think active certainly is what baraka. Mm. i think there's an arab saying that what in activity there is barakah yeah and even from a business perspective yeah. i feel like uh there's a lot of learning from just you know high high level islamic principles that can go into startups yeah so Doing stuff, yeah. Doing stuff consistently. Mm. Doing stuff only a little bit, but um, you know, just incrementally building on that. Um, repeating stuff and, uh, and and repeating it and trying to see what works, what doesn't work, and yeah. improving that. Yeah. I mean, this is in a way, this is talking about the five daily prayers. Yeah, yeah. This is talking about the Quran, memorizing the Quran, how to best memorize the Quran, and iterating and on mm. how you do your revision. You yeah, know, in your technique. Um, and uh, I think the other the other thing I was thinking about with with this connection between um you know working hard and not being passive and and actually gaining Iman and Taqwa is back to the human condition mm. and how human beings, let's take the rock, you know, on this topic of bodybuilders, yeah. He works really, really hard. Mm. He has a gym that he essentially drives around with all the time. He he works really, really hard and has worked hard for years and years and years to yeah. end up with the kind of physique that he has. Yeah. Like if you put in time and effort as a human being, you will get something really valuable out at the end of it, whatever that thing is. Yeah. And Allah subhanahu he is saying to us that the most valuable thing that you can invest in is is you and the thing that the way that you invest in yourself is you look out for yourself in the akhirah
2: mm.
0: allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, mm. in these verses kafarul dunya wa yaskharuna minal ladina amanu allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has beautified this world for the for the disbelievers and and for the uh, for the for the believers uh, and they laugh and they laugh at the believers because the believers what are they doing mm. they are deferring their pleasure for the Akhirah, yeah. and if you're looking at it from a lens of this is the end, then it's going to just sound, it's just going to look bonkers. Like yeah. when Nuh, when he was building that ark, yeah. people were like, you're bonkers. What? Why are you building an yeah, ark? Yeah. It's because he could see something they couldn't, and that's what the believers are seeing. And um, Allah He's saying that you're, you, this deferment for that long-term value Mm. is actually the thing that is fulfilling that human condition yeah so i think putting those two together then i think one you're saying is don't be passive be active but that's the way that you're going to be able to see miracles Yeah. and 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 then adding what i'm just saying which is be consistent and look at the human condition and the human condition requires you to be uh consistent and work hard over a long period of time repeating things to be successful and and do that, you know, with the the, the salawat and your mm. ibadat, and and also your good act, good actions with other people, yeah. and just incrementally build upon all of that. Actively, uh, you know, eschew, leave aside uh, social media. I don't know if I've said that word right. Um, and and you'll see a miracle. Mm. It's,
1: it's that simple, I reckon. And, and just to wrap up the point, speaking on um, deferring your kind of uh, pleasure, if you like, I was reading an in, on a kind of investment angle, because obviously we're quite business-focused in our... I was list, uh, reading, sorry, an interview with um, Charlie Munger, the um, uh, Warren Buffett's mate who founded Berkshire Hathaway with him. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about how... Good lad. He, Yeah, he's a sound lad. Um, he was talking about how... When he was a lawyer back in the day, um, he was saving up his, you know, his money, and he was saying that at the end of thirteen years, I had, you know, like three hundred grand worth of assets, and he was saying that most of his peers had just, you know, spent the money and lived like a pretty nice life, and what he was saying was that the reason I got to three hundred grand of assets was because I knew that the ten dollars I kept tucking away just because of, I mean, leaving aside the issue of interest, but he's not talking about pure interest. I think he's mm. talking about return on investment. Right, fine. But leave, but what he was saying was that the $10 that I put away now, just because of the pure power of time and yeah. compounding that return, that is going to be a, a big multiple of $10 over a significant period of time. Yeah. And there's a direct parallel here in what we're saying, which is those small, consistent deeds – you know, inshallah, we're gonna we're gonna see that
0: one day. Mm. But we've got to actually put those ten dollars away now. Agreed, agreed. And and you know what? I think that even in this life, you see elements of that. You do. Yeah. Um, so, like, there was some. Uh, a few people have recently reached out to me, where you know, you oh, many years ago, I might have like given a bit of advice, or I might have like yeah. given them something, helped them on a personal statement or something,
2: mm.
0: and. I've even, I've gotten any, anything out of it. Yeah. And yet they remember and they then many years later, they reach out and they've become quite successful or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, they, they are really grateful for you for doing that. And in a way that's like a, you know, a, a worldly example of the kind of thing that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, there are many hadith about this, like, you know, the, the hadith about the man who fed yeah. the dog, uh, the water when he mm-hmm. climbed into the well, and that was the thing that saved him from Jannah, yeah. from from hellfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he fed a dog. He literally the, and the prostitute who fed a cat. Yeah, that's that's actually mind-boggling if you think about it. It's just those sim like those two actions. Yeah, done so sincerely by those people. Exactly. Yeah, were the thing that made the difference. Um, so that I think there's there's hope for all of us. Inshallah. Um, the other thing, uh, the second bit of what we want to talk about today is um, the second verse, which is So there's this idea that the believers are, they find this world slightly hard So mm. The dunya is the prison of the believer and the jannah, the paradise of the disbeliever and, uh, and this verse is talking about how the disbelievers, they scoff and they make fun of the believers. Mm. Uh, and then Allah says, but in the, in the Day of Judgment, the believers will be above the disbelievers. وَاللَّهُ hisab. Allah, he, he gives risk to anyone without any hisab. Mm. So uh, I suppose the, the, the basic point uh what, what we're getting at here is that um, we need to see life as it is we need to see life in its true uh in its uh, in its true form and at the right pecking order at uh, the right point in the, in the pecking order yeah so uh, uh was it was it a few weeks ago that we were talking about how um you know if you dip your finger in the sea and uh, you come out with like a, you know, a few drops mm. that's the example of this life compared to the afterlife yeah and I think that kind of sums up the kind of pecking order side of things. Yeah. Um but but I want uh, the other thing I wanted to reflect on is this this whole um like just looking at it from a grammar perspective and an analysis perspective. Mm. And this is where you know Mossin, you know your french and uh languages degree comes mm. in useful. Mm. Um what do you think that's getting at here? So wallahu hisab. So Allah he is uh Going to benefit someone. Allah gives provision to whom He wills without account. So I, I have a few ideas, um, but I'll be interested to hear. you I think the,
1: the the primary thing here, of course, is that Allah. I mean, you gave an earlier example of this as well, um, with the whole description of Jahannam, and um, it's all about the kind of the superlative element of of these of these things and and the attributes that they have. So, you know, you, how do you describe the the scale of Jahannam? Well, doing that in such a, uh, you know, using the imagery that you discussed earlier is a great way of doing that. Um, and then here, giving um, you know, provision without any account. Mm-hmm. If you think about, if you think about us, there's always a. When I say us, I mean humankind. There's always a limit to what we can do whether even if it's you know the richest person on earth there is a limit to what he can do or she can do there's always something that constrains us if you ask any person even you know charlie munger who talked about before warren buffett yeah warren buffett talks a lot about um the fact that the one thing he can't get is time Mm. um that's one he's got everything the man has got absolutely everything but one thing he can't get is more time yeah So, we're always constrained as humans by something. And Allah is just removing all of those shackles here. He's saying that I'll give you, I can give you exactly everything without any, uh, you know, hisab whatsoever. So, yeah, quite awesome in the true sense of the word, thought when you actually think about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You wouldn't ever imagine. A Bank, it's like someone saying, Here's a blank check, literally, and you know, you write on it whatever you like, yeah, and and it, it won't bounce, yeah, there's enough in the tank, <laughs> and that's actually never happened. <laughs> and so, I had a few thoughts about this. One was, hisab." <laughs> so Allah SWT here is talking about this life, hmm. that's one analysis, which is. That Allah that he can give to a Muslim or a non-muslim who whoever he likes mm. right be whatever he wants without any hisab, without any account
2: yeah.
0: and and that in itself doesn't necessarily if it's in relation to this dunya mm. doesn't mean anything like money is not a metric for success no. in Islam money is not the thing that will take you to paradise it could be a means for you to get to paradise or hellfire depending on your relationship with it like in islam a pauper can get into paradise yeah and a rich man can end up in hellfire like um the
1: recent podcast on um ibn the yeah it's a great example
0: yeah agreed yeah like he he was a hugely rich man and I mean, he was from the uh, from the and mm. the ten giving the glad tidings of paradise. He was he made it. Yeah. Um, and then you had other rich people who didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, and you had incredibly poor people in the Muslim community at that, that time who made it as well. Mm. Uh, they died without cloth, uh, without a cloth to cover them. Mm. I think it was uh, mu'adh bin Jabal, right? Uh, Not sure. Um, or Musa ibn Umair, sorry. Right. or sorry, Mu'adh bin Jabal. I think was the um, the leader of the um, the uh, Khaz- uh, Hazrath Um yes, yeah, so and musa Ibn Umair, uh, if I'm correct, was uh, when he was buried, uh, he didn't have enough cloth to even cover his body, wow. uh, and he was one of the richest in the Quraysh before, mm. and and so he ended up, uh, we we expect, in paradise. Um, so so that's one analysis of this verse from my perspective. The other one is, what about if this is talking about the Akhirah? Then, of course, it makes complete sense. Allah is saying that the the real risk, the real uh, sustenance, the real um, value add here is in the Mm. Akhirah. And I thought this would be a good juncture to kind of zoom out a bit and then go back to this life, right? The dunya, the 21st century that we're living in. We've got these verses Mm. and now we're trying to apply them to this this life. Um, And, you know, you walk around and you see... um, Gluttony, and you see these billboards with, um, you know, really like attractive women on it, mm. and you are, are surrounded by, uh, you know, betting shops or uh, people, you know, drinking alcohol and seeming to have a great time. Mm. You've got this really powerful advertising campaign that, whenever you watch a football match, yeah. there's betting, there's gambling, there's alcohol. There's, uh, you know, f- financial products and like, uh, you know, forex and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Literally every every single be- every single advert yeah. is, is full of haram. It's geared towards haram. Yeah. And we are living in this strange arcade, <laughs> and and yet we as believers, you know, we need to kind of stay strong and see how this life is is not. Uh, the end mm. and there's something else H- how do we do that how do you like how do you think is a good way for us to see past all of that so i think
1: going back to that discussion of active and passive is a, is a good way of thinking about this and we're always keen in these the stuff here to um give quite actionable things um to go away with and i was thinking that and i speak Purely for myself, and if it's of any benefit to anyone, then great. But even just changing one evening a week or one day a week where you know that you do something pretty banal, why can't we change that into something that's actually quite useful? So, if for example, we uh, instead of watching Netflix of an evening, we decided to sit down with the Quran, but not just sit down with the Quran, but you know, properly think about it, properly apply it, get, you know, get into a, a def seed or, you know, study with somebody or do whatever. But just commit to doing something once a week. I mean, part of the reason that we do this def seed, for example, is for our own benefit, frankly, quite selfish yeah in I anyways. Agree. I certainly um, <laughs> do. Because it forces you to do something. Yeah. Um and if we weren't forced to you know, do stuff like this, go on YouTube Live at 7pm or whatever on every other Saturday, would we really take that time out? Because there's plenty of other things yeah, that we could yeah. be doing. So I feel like that's one really good way, and especially with Ramadan coming up, it's a good way to kind of get into the habit and then go out of Ramadan, mm. continuing that habit. So it's a matter of subjectivity as well, that different people reacted to, to different things in different ways i know for example with me that when i um if i go to the masjid a lot then it has a good impact like a lot of people will say that as well but also when i just study the quran a lot so you know for me an action might be every i don't know thursday evening or something i'm gonna literally spend half an hour just with the quran and a mm. textbook or something and everyone will know what gets them going you know what is it in that in that time of the peak iman level what was it that got you there Mm. like people will know that it's different for everyone i think yeah but maybe focus around that like if you know that something gets you going just go back to it because the the is um you know yes there are
0: some basic principles and stuff but we've all got our own path to allah i think a really good way of approaching that is like you're saying um, you know, you, there needs to be consistency there, and it needs to be fitting into your lifestyle. Think about it like healthy eating or a diet regime, right? Yeah. Um, I so I have like yo-yoed up and down with my weight, and I used to be, you know, really chubby, mm. and then I lost a lot of it, and then I'm now kind of creeping up, and I'm now to fight back down. Mm. And I find that when you're dieting, then you go about two, three weeks, and of consistent dieting and exercise and stuff before you start seeing results mm. and the problem is that a lot of it a lot of the times i will stop doing it i'll stop doing the dieting be- just before just before yeah. i'm cons- sustain because it for one or two weeks mm. and then i'll end it yeah and, I- and the point of the whole diet was to try and see the returns but once you get to that third week and fourth week and you're seeing those returns yeah then you're at the point of no return, yeah, yeah. and and the snowball effects kicks in, and you know, and it's all like positive, like um, you know, vibes. yeah, positive vibes, and it's like a positive circle. Um, I, don't, I can't remember the exact word I'm looking for. A vicious circle versus virtuous circle. It's yeah, a virtuous yeah. cycle, and and because of that, you know, someone's complimenting you because of you know how you're looking, and yeah. uh, you know your wife's happy with you, uh, and. You know your, you, your genes are suddenly fitting, in, you, know, fitting you well <laughs> And uh, you feel better about yourself And all of this kind of kicks in And that means you, you're even more uh, Zealous about what you're eating And yeah, what yeah. you're doing and, and the same is the thing with the Quran and Islam And your relationship with Allah, <laughs> Allah You read the Quran after many years For a day It's not going to maybe do very much for you
2: no.
0: But you read it again And again and again and again and again yeah. And it will and said He said it for a reason that the most beloved of actions that Allah wa ta'ala are the the, the, uh, the continuous ones, mm. the persistent ones, yeah, even if they're just a little, yeah, even if they're just a little. the most beloved actions mm. like he he doesn't, he doesn't want you to you know become a martyr. He, although that is one of the most beloved actions as well, but he does, he doesn't want you to you know spend all of your money in charity immediately. Yeah, he's saying the most ahabul like the most beloved actions yeah. to Allah are the persistent ones, even if they're a little. Mm. So, I mean, I think that's that's what we have to do.
1: Yeah,
0: we just have to put in the hard yards.
1: I agree. And so, I think and I think it's about being structured in that approach as well. So. It's very easy to go away from this and think, "Yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do blah." But it's the it's the small and consistent yeah. you've got to remember. So, yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is um, think about what what really gets me um, to those iman highs. Yeah, um, kind of extrapolate from that and just focus on one activity. Preferably a day, but certainly mm. a week, yeah. um, to keep it sort of consistent for now, and just crack on with that.
0: Makes sense. And I think uh, what I'm going to do, and I need to do this, and it's it's hard, and I know it works, is going back and you know, properly setting aside a time around Fajr or before Fajr or something, and just revising the Quran mm. and not just like reading it because. You know, if you've memorized it, then it's easy to read it. Yeah. But actually, try and like read it, revise it as if you're going to read it to someone,
2: mm.
0: so, and that requires a much more like you know you're concentrating and you're making sure they actually know yeah. what you're reading. Yeah. And you, I don't, it's not as easy to do because you actually have to think about it. Um, but that's I think where I've historically found a lot of benefit because that's the real falateh Quran. The, the real Tadabbur the of the Qur'an is when you're spending time with it mm. and reading those verses again and again and really understanding how they connect up with the verse before it, the verse after it, yeah. the verse that came all the way over there because you're confusing with that in terms of the, this wording. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I, I think I'm going to commit to that. Um, and unlike other things,
1: spending more time with the quran doesn't be, doesn't ever become a bad thing like you can spend too much time with family or your wife before you start becoming a pain hmm. or you can you can do something that's not to do with the deen that's that's good in of yeah. itself but if you do too much of it it becomes, it becomes wrong thing, you can yeah. go to the gym too much you can you know run too yeah, much yeah. but there's never too much of a good thing when and it comes the quran, to the deen yeah. and the quran
0: agreed agreed um so i think that's it for from us folks um if there's any questions then please do fire away um but otherwise um i think that's uh that's us yeah for the day
1: so yeah key action certainly for for me and i think ibrahim as well is find that one thing that you know gets you really fired up the one thing that you've always wanted to go back to and do in your life and commit to it, inshallah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Jizakullahu Khairan. Akulu Koli Hada wastakfirullah Halliwalaq wastakfirullah. Inna who al-Gafur al-Rahim.